If you missed it last week, I shared about East Noble's Southside Elementary School being in hot water after exposing second graders, after a teacher did, exposed second graders to a classroom discussion about gender identity. Uh, The school actually sent out a memo to some of the parents of the kids in this classroom. Uh, The memo was vague and lacked a lot of transparency. Uh, If you missed the story, if you missed the memo, you can head to wowo.com and click on the podcast link and listen to my interview about it uh, with a gentleman named Joel Lash. He's actually the father of one of the kids in the second grade classroom. Or you can also find it on my Facebook page. I've shared the interview and a screenshot of that email, that memo that I'm talking about. But since hearing this story and sharing this story, I have heard from so many of you, uh, not even just those of you with kids in the East Noble District, but just from so many of you with kids in numerous different districts around Northeast Indiana dealing with really similar issues. So at the end of the day, the big question, what can a parent do? What can a guardian do? And I'm talking here from a legal perspective. Well, to find out, we are turning to Wendy Davis. She is one of your candidates for Indiana's 3rd Congressional District, but she's also a former judge who spent more than a decade on the bench, and she's joining us live right now. Hey there, Wendy. Good good morning, Kayla. How are you this morning? Good morning. I am doing great. I'm so glad you're here because this is such an important topic of conversation. But first and foremost, Wendy, maybe for folks who who don't know you and don't know your background, but is it fair to say that during your time on the bench, you you dealt with a lot of a lot of immigration cases and just a lot of uh, gender identity cases? Uh, Is that fair to say? I did. I did. Unfortunately, you know, I originally was in Superior Court and then I ran for the circuit court. And when I became the circuit court judge, I was the judge statutorily that had to do all the minor gender changes, which were so disturbing. I denied all of them um, and got appealed on many of them. You can go read my orders as to why I wouldn't change their gender. An eight-year-old, a seven-year-old, I wouldn't do it. So you definitely have experience when it comes to some of these human sexuality uh, conversations. That's what I'm going to call them anyway, Wendy. And so I think my first question here when it comes to kind of what we're talking about today There are laws in place, we know this, for the state of Indiana, prohibiting these kinds of discussions about human sexuality to students in pre-K through third grade. Uh, These laws went into place last year. So are there any legal actions that parents can pursue if their child is exposed to these kinds of discussions while in the classroom? Absolutely. Absolutely. And let me just start out by saying we have to protect our kids, our children. In fact, I listened. I was I was listening to your uh, discussion with Joel Lash, and it's so disturbing, so disturbing. Let's let's just dig into the law a little bit. So here in Indiana, House Bill 1608, which was passed last year in May, it provides. And I'm in, I have the statute in front of me this morning, and so let me just tell you what it provides: that a school, an employee, staff member of a school may not provide any instruction to a student in pre-K through third grade on human sexuality. It goes on to say that a school employee or school staff member is not prohibited from responding to a question from a school regarding certain topics, which is a little ambiguous. I'm going to stop right there. That's As a judge and as a lawyer, that's a little ambiguous. But let me just continue. It says it requires a school to notify in writing at least one parent of the student Um, if these discussions go on. So based on what I heard with your discussion, this sweet little second grade class was definitely exposed to a gender identity discussion here in Indiana. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why, you know, across the country, all of these schools are 
hung up on these cultural issues and woke issues and transgender issues. We need to be teaching our kids math, science, social studies. But regardless, these issues need to be handled at home. These are parental issues. So if, in fact, what took place took place, there is a statute. And let me say, dig the statute because people can Google it. 1608 that protects our kids here in Indiana. And I believe, based on the facts that unfolded, it sounds to me like they had a discussion in the classroom. And then it sounds like from his interview with you, a counselor came into the classroom and said, hey, if anybody wants to talk about these issues, come talk to me privately. Mm -hmm. All of that, pursuant to the statute I just outlined, if I was a judge presiding over this case, the East Noble School District violated a law currently on the books here in Indiana. Yeah, and you know, here's what I don't get, Wendy, and I'm I'm really hoping you can help me out with this one because I have heard that this teacher, specifically in this East Noble story that we're talking about from Southside, I heard that she was very apologetic for the conversation that took place. I heard she said that she was not aware of this law on the books. Let's pretend all of that is true. Ignorance of the law does not get you off the hook, right, Wendy? You are spot on. So let's talk about that for a little bit, because really the school district, when this this law passed um, almost a year ago, I think it was May of 2023, um, the, the school district has the legal responsibility to do in-services, right, to train. So like this counselor, this counselor cannot say, oh, I didn't know about that law. This school teacher can say, well, I didn't know about that law. Now, maybe the school teacher is not personally liable, but the school district, in my opinion, had the responsibility to ensure everybody, every employee, every school teacher, every counselor knew of this law. That's the school district's responsibility. Yeah, and and, and inevitably, kids are going to bring up these topics, right? I mean, if someone is coming to school, in this particular case, it sounds like this this young boy, the second grader, occasionally did dress like a female, wearing skirts and dresses, what have you. So, of course, kids are going to ask questions and have questions, right? So I would think when this law goes into place back in May of 23, districts all across the entire state of Indiana would be implementing guidelines or measures in terms of, hey, teachers, administrators, staffs, here's how we handle these conversations, right, Wendy? Wouldn't that what you would think that these districts would be doing to abide by the law? Yes. If I was presiding over this case, that would probably go in my court order. saying, Look, you have a responsibility to put into place training and guidelines to make sure this doesn't happen. And let me just point out to your listening, you know, your listeners, we've got to continue to fight this fight. These children are not wards of the state. The state and the school system do not get to tell these kids, you know, their transgender issues. And the reason why I say that and why we need to keep fighting, and I'm really proud of these parents standing up, is because it's not that far away. In California, I want to tell people, in California, there is a court case wherein a judge ruled that the school could shield parents from knowing about a child's gender dysphoria, meaning if a a child in California goes to a teacher in California, hey, I think I'm a, you know, a little boy says, I think I'm a little girl. The school district can shield the parents from telling them that. Get out of here. It's on the books, Sheila. Sorry, it's on the the books, uh, Kayla. So I'm telling you, we've got to really continue to fight for our kids. Yeah, amen to that, Wendy. I'm way out of time. I've got 20 seconds here. But what is the standard, quote, you know, punishment for breaking these kinds of laws, like House Bill 1608? 
Well, it would be uh, it would be a liability. So it's a, it would be a civil matter. So it would be some sort of judgment um, involving money, or probably I would if it were me, I would say here's here's uh, the judgment against you. But then you would have to I would court order them to put guidelines in place and do training for the school. But let's just say one more thing that Joel said when I heard the interview. You cannot undo what was done in that classroom. It's already done. The seeds have already been planted, I think, is exactly what he said. Wendy, really great stuff this morning. We could talk for hours. I got to let you go. I'm sure we'll check back in with you later on. All right. See you, Kayla. That is Wendy Davis, a former judge and one of your candidates for Indiana's 3rd Congressional District. Podcasts by Federated Media.